in indiana i never got called no in. no <laughs> but there's there's a large uh isn't there a a, a large community out there, there is there's a huge community of amish there but yeah i do not recall anyone calling me english okay I, if, if i did if i was called that i probably would have kept it as a compliment oh yeah i love the english all right yeah <laughs> didn't you have a housekeeper that was yeah that, yeah, yeah that my, my so. mother hired a yeah. amish housekeeper Leah was her name. Yeah. Mm. I think she now has 19 kids, and that is not an exaggeration. That's a lot of kids. Yeah. And Leah's a great name. I like that yeah. name. Yeah. I like Leah. Yeah, Leah's great. Yeah. She's a sweetheart, though. Mm-hmm. Here we go again. Didn't use buttons because buttons are, are proud. Okay. I thought, you know. I learned that from Witness. <laughs> it's like they, they use little hooks. Okay. And buttons are. I, I don't know. I didn't in- inspect her garments. That's. <laughs> Wow. Didn't you, though? <laughs> nope. Although I probably would have been of age. Uh, no. Wow. No. No, I, I was a gentleman even back then. Aw. Uh, well, you know, times. maybe she was housekeeper during her uh, Wandersprecht or whatever they call it, that, <laughs> no, that, that year that they take and they just go R- out. Rumspringer. Rumspringer. Yeah. 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 See, I was close. We yeah. had a we had a, Springer. a large Mennonite and Amish community in Kansas, but it was more like central Kansas than down south central where I lived. And, oh well, and uh, but they did have a really awesome Mennonite Farms bakery in uh, uh, Hutchinson, Kansas, which was the Kansas Cosmosphere. Mm. So anytime we'd go up there to see all the aviation and space displays, we'd go by the bakery and yeah. buy the most amazing cinnamon rolls and fresh baked bread, and it was like dirt cheap. Oh yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah. I'm I'm from Long Island, so it, Jewish and Italian Catholic. Oh yeah, you go to the 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 Jewish deli. Hell yeah, and the Italian corn beef. You know, I've mentioned before when we visited my uh, my uh, relatives in Pennsylvania, we'd stop by the Dutch country. Mm. Oh my god, oh my god, the food was amazing. Welcome, folks, to Amish Shock number five hundred forty-seven. <laughs> I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Rumspringer K. I'm here to talk Week and Geek. The, we, the Amish in my area, of course, like they have their own community far right. away. They turned it into kind of an amusement park for English, really? I guess. Yeah. And yeah, they, and it was it's called, like the Pennsylvania Dutch country. Sure. Right. Yeah. So they, and it was, it was called like Amish land or something. Huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just over the top like it, where it was just like an Amish museum and a restaurant and then kind of a explore how we, how we live kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, house walkthroughs. Yes. Uh, uh, did the, the, they talk about, uh, I mean, and there was stuff in there that I don't even know if I understood right as a kid. So it's like thresholds. On doors, mm-hmm. they're, they're the, the, the top uh, is kind of low, so you sort of have to dip your head to enter a room. Ah, and that's to hmm. kind of... Y- yes, exactly. <laughs> bow your head to, to the Lord. Kind of yeah, exactly. And, and uh, the hex sign, uh, I actually have a hex sign on my garage door leading into the kitchen that we got from the Dutch country... 30, 40 years ago. You say hex sign? Hex sign. As in like protecting you from the evil eye? Yeah. Wow. I think. 
Either that or because it's like Pennsylvania. Or, or, or buy pies here. It means well, one of the two things. Well, it's it's that or, <laughs> uh, you know, like Pennsylvania Dutch country. They're not Dutch. Right. But it was the Deutsch, right? So it's like the hex sign. Maybe hex came from, but I always got the impression that it was a good blessing thing for the house. Okay. Which is why my parents put it on the uh, garage door because their, their logic was literally... They go in and out of the house through the garage more than any other door, so that's yeah. where we'll put it. Not not like to keep it hidden, so it's kind of interesting. I will say the most ultimate of all Amish theme parks slash attractions, for lack of a better word, is this town in southern Michigan or northern Indiana. I can't remember which, but it's called Shipshawana. It is just a delightful little village. Where it's mostly a Mennonite community, but with Amish surrounding. But there is a massive, massive Mennonite museum there. Really? They have uh, Mennonite plays that happen every night, usually musicals. Huh. And, and of course, all the antique shopping you could ever want. And some of the best nice. pies on the face of the planet. So if you want to see the Amish make an awesome food and oh, learn about their dude. history, <clears throat> Shipshawana is the place to go. Yeah, the, this place in Pennsylvania we went to was like a Tejas a Brazil oh. of fried chicken, mashed potatoes and you know oh. it was yes, it was just and and strangers, you just sit at the these long ass uh, picnic tables essentially. Benches and tables merged and they just keep bringing the bowls of chicken and food and you know it's family style, everybody's pass nice. it and it it was it was really funny. I remember that because I remember talking to all these strangers and it just being weird to be talking to all these friendly strangers and stuff is a very bizarre thing but my god that food was good that fried chicken was was some of the best food i've ever had yeah and i've eaten all over the world but i'll go to ship to eat in a heartbeat i can i can imagine now so mennonites don't have a problem with music because uh, i remember yeah. the music it's uh it's a not a thing you do it's it's there they're, it's definitely like amish light Oh, okay. When it comes down to it, a lot All less right. rules, some rules, right? But you enough that you can open a museum and have like interactive <laughs> things. And don't like some Mennonites drive cars, yes. but it has to be like a really older, yes, in fact, very sh- plain car. In, in Shipshawana, uh, if the Amish need to ride in a vehicle, the Mennonites come pick them up. Uh. That's funny, yeah. So, it's, know, very so it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's. It's very synergistic. <laughs> Mennonite Uber <laughs> for the Amish. He, I fucking love it. <laughs> Before I forget, because he kept mentioning the Dutch. He's like, did your dad have a Dutch-themed McDonald's at some point? Uh, I have this weird memory of... Uh, not Dutch, Swiss. Swiss, okay. Yeah, there, there is also the town that I lived by, very close to where the Amish were, uh, a, a place called Bern, Indiana, based what? after Bern, Switzerland. Wait a No. And the whole town had an edict that if you built any building commercially, it had to look like it was Dutch in design. Oh, no, Swiss in design, excuse me. Because I, I just had this vague memory of your dad driving us by a McDonald's that had like a windmill or something on the top. Th- that's funny because I heard Dutch McDonald's, and so I'm thinking they served Royale with cheese, <laughs> mayonnaise for your fries. They did have McRib all year round, I will say that. Son oh, of a yeah. bitch. Dad, dad always broke those McDonald's rules. You, God bless your dad. <laughs> so, gentlemen, I guess we've, we've talked and, oh, uh, and applauded the... Uh, the Pennsylvania douche enough. Um, let's talk geeks. What geeky things you do this week? I got to get my notes. Uh, you get your notes, uh, Jeff. 
got to subscribe, or I should say, got a free subscription to Peacock this week. Yes, uh, the, through, if you have Cox, yes. apparently you have access to K, uh, Peacock Premium. Yes, there's Premium, and then there's Ultra Premium. Yes. I think it is, and which is it's another four ninety nine a month to get all of the stuff ad free. But I'm just on the free one, and I mention that because I got to watch Psych the movie too. Last you come home. I, I love fan. Psych. I love Psych. I I will admit there are occasionally an episode I'll see where I'm like I don't remember this one. I absolutely love that show. The the time the comic timing between Dulé Hill and uh, James Rodé Rodriguez is just it's unparalleled. I mean those two guys and they like each other a lot in real life. They actually hang out, so you can see where that friendship has influenced the characters' relationship on screen. But uh, finally got to see that. It was a really good movie. Just really enjoyed that. I I, I was excited to go on there and. Because it's basically what's Universal and NBC, yeah. right? Yeah, that's uh, their streaming service. Yeah, it's Comcast owns Universal and NBC, so there's a lot of Universal shows. Sure. In and, there. and they own Sci-Fi, so yep. the Sci-Fi stuff's on there. So yep. you have the latest Battlestar Galactica is on there. Yes, uh, which I was happy to see. Uh, but for the classic people, Punky Brewster, you know, <laughs> you, y'all. So it's, it goes back a ways. Although I was kind of upset by how little classic television was on there. Yeah, you, and it's funny because like. It's not real apparent where some of the classic television shows are. You almost have to do a search for them because when I, did, I went into I, the channels, I did the A to Z. Did you? Yeah. So it's, I wanted to see every TV show they had, and past all the dumb reality shows and all the Law and Orders, uh, then I, I was able to find a, a few smatterings in there. Leave it to Beaver because you know. I couldn't. Like I went to the channels and I went into the classics, the classics TV channel, and I was searching. and I couldn't find stuff. But then when I did a search. I was able to come across like Airwolf and uh, Sequest DSV and a few yeah. other, and so I was able to watch those. Um, you know, watch a couple episodes of oh, each of those God. just to save that, Jeff. Save yeah. that, Vernon. He actually he te- doesn't listen to the show. He actually <laughs> texted me last week and said, "Listen to the last episode. Pretty funny. <laughs> I would love to come on for an episode where Jeff and I just talk about." Airwolf and st- <laughs> he wants to do a Jeff and Vernon talk about 80s TV episodes. I'll let you guys create your own show. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that. Oh and Kirsten will be in the corner just pulling his hair out. Oh like, ah. Well, I'll just I'll just be chuckling because it's it's just going back to old old uh, old jokes. Uh, what Vernon will reject as poor and awful, and then turn around and just gush about airwolf right and i don't think airwolf is an awful tv show but i think it was fairly pedestrian and you know it had its yeah it i mean (sighs) as it as it got into like its second and third season it had some decent don't don't episodes don't don't even (laughs) but yeah it's the the ultimate goal of every episode was for string to blow as many things out of the sky as he could exactly using stock footage of the supercopter Doing its blowy up stuff. Sure. Let's let's yeah. face it. There was at least two or three good episodes of Hardcastle and McCormick. Right? There you go. There you go. My mom really liked Hardcastle <laughs> and McCormick. I I don't remember a whole lot about it because I wasn't really. And there was at least four good episodes of Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Yeah. What about Jake and the Fat Man? Uh, there was one. Was there? There okay. was one. Uh, although five decent episodes of Riptide. Misfits of Science. All good episodes. Okay. Every single one of them. Uh, so I got to watch that. Uh, watched a few other things in there because it was 
just kind of neat to see, oh, there's another streaming service that has a huge back catalog of stuff. So I, I, I like it because it's free. Yeah. If it wasn't free, I wouldn't give a shit. Because I was, I was just... Like, because it came out on Wednesday, and and uh, I was just like, you know, I'm going to sign up for like the free trial just so I can watch Psych. And then when I found out, oh, it's free if I sign up through Cox. Okay. So the other thing I watched, which is actually something you might enjoy, Todd. Oh, well, you might enjoy it, 2K. Not UK, um, just me. Well, you um, know, I hate everything. Movie called Palm Springs. Um, oh, I want to see Palm Springs on Hulu. Right? It's on Hulu. Oh um, yes. Stars Andy Samberg and Kristen Milanati. I think I said her name right. In a nutshell, it's a Groundhog Day slash 1201 style time loop. Oh, I heard about this. Okay, romantic yeah. comedy, but it's really well written. Like, there's really good chemistry between Andy Samberg and Kristen Milanati as they keep going through this loop. Now, what's the what's the deal? Because that that's Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's a it's a romantic comedy on a time loop. So, what's the well, What's the deal here? Sandberg's character is like not necessarily trying to get out of it. He's just trying to experience as many things as possible. And he has this kind of aloof attitude about life. Like, you know, nothing really matters. So I'm just going to do whatever I want. And then he keeps going through these loops. And then I have a feeling I'd be kind of nihilistic in that situation. Yeah. She, uh, she Krista Milanati's character gets dr- caught in the time loop with him. And then, ah, okay, there you go. There's a bit. And then of course, a friendship ensues between the two, which ter- then turns romantic. And it's just a really well-written film. It's not directed by, but it is produced by the Lonely Island okay. uh, group. So, it, in fact, it, when it comes up, it says uh, Lonely Island Classics, which I thought, that's an interesting new you know, <laughs> that's a great name title. For a company. But, but anyway, um, if you haven't checked it out already, I highly recommend you look it up. If you have Hulu, if you have access to Hulu. Um, I know if you don't, there is a free trial. They, they're they still offering, I think it's like a one-week free trial. So if you're interested, if for no other reason than to check that out, there's other Hulu originals that, that are in there. Um, the names are escaping me right now. Uh, well, they got the Stephen King stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, uh, I was trying to think of the one with James Franco. That, yeah, 11, uh, 22, 64, or something like that. Three. 11, 22, Bingo. Your mom. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely <laughs> recommend checking that out. Um, Jeff Soldier's Last on. one I want to mention is uh, a movie I discovered um, on Netflix just purely by accident called Tau. Um, that stars uh, Michael Monroe, Ed Screen, and Gary Oldman. Okay. Uh, the premise is Ed Screen plays this scientist who is trying to develop a self-aware artificial intelligence he has one in his house, and that's the... Okay, end of story. No, no, no. The The one in his house is named Tao, but he it's only about 95% effective as long as he controls all the information that goes in and out of the this AI. Oh. So in order to try to figure out how to get it to recognize human emotional states and, and to kind of understand feelings and he so forth... He fucks it, doesn't he? He kidnaps these humans and Michael Moreau's character is one of these characters that he captures <laughs> and he implants a chip into the back of their head and it and scans their emotional states uh, oh anyway hmm. it's okay it's a really interesting film as both the AI and 
Micah Monroe's character, whose name is Julia, interact, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Ed Screen's character is a bit of a sociopath, and just what an yeah, Ed Screen huh? character! A I bit know, of right? a so- no, come on, <laughs> get the but, fuck uh, out! But yeah, it was, it was actually really good. I you know, I highly recommend checking it out. It's on Netflix. Tau. Tau. T A U. A I that almost makes it. I love the story. I thought he was almost going in the direction of how whenever they. Whenever they let AI loose on the internet, just like screening the internet and absorbing information, it's just a matter of time before they become hideously misogynistic and racist. <laughs> yeah, that was, well, that was kind of one of the things. Like it's he didn't, just, he didn't allow this. Yeah, he didn't to, allow the, to the, connect with the internet. So, which is a wise choice because apparently <laughs> you get yeah. this fucking caveman Nazi computer <laughs> yeah and it's like yeah you want that to be orders of magnitude smarter than any human well that is one of the things because the julia character teaches tau about the quote-unquote outside because mm. tau doesn't know anything ab- about anything other than the house there's something and, outside this house and ed screen's character of alex who is the the scientist so it's anyway it's, it's a bit of it's a really path. well acted gary oldman plays the voice of tau it's just for for not being able to see a face that goes with the voice, a really fantastic performance. So nice. Anyway, those those are the ones I wanted to mention. All right. Okay, you got your notes. I see. Yes, I do. You did something. Notes. notes I got. Notes, notes. I uh, I got. I ordered uh, the first uh, trade collection of Die. Oh, fantastic! That's yeah. the uh, the RPG reference. The, the, the people that got sucked into the RPG as kids and the, now they're adults. Yeah, the meta. It's a meta RPG type oh, yeah. of deal. Um, Jeff, Jeff the graphic novel? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it sounded really familiar. I thought yeah. that was the one I got you last year. It was really funny because I may have picked up when we talked about it that die refers to individual dice. Yes. Yes. But I, I just thought it was about die. Die, you know, die, human scum, whatever. No, but it's the die. The but, dice die. Yeah, and the world is actually an icosahedron, is it not, Jeff? Sure, <laughs> that's a twenty-sided yes. shape. Yes. I, yes, you know, Jeff. I, I have to. I have to confess. I didn't get a chance to read the comic because that is I a Sheldon thing. You should know anyway. Well, I didn't want to be that guy that reads the comic before I gifted it, so I just gifted it to him, and then I kept telling myself, "I'm oh, going to go do back." It. He does it to me all the time, do and then hear? a year later, he's like, "Do you have that comic? By the way, I need it back." Well, I was going to go ahead and buy it for myself <laughs> later on, and then I just forgot. So. And that explains why you didn't know the decahedron. Why? Yeah, icosahedron. You would know that's a twenty-sided. <laughs> anyway, um, it's really <laughs> nerd shaming. It's really interesting. I did not know that. Uh, oh my god, I'm blanking. Gillen, uh, right? Kieran Gillen. He actually was into game design, and uh, he actually produced. He actually put out a beta. I have not downloaded yet, but he put out a beta of the game system that this is sort of inspired by. Because oh, it's not it's not just, this is straight D&D, although right. they make D&D references. And the character classes, the things that they talk about and everything, the archetypes are actually very cool. And uh, so it's, it's very metagame heavy. It is not just oh, a bunch of kids go into a, a RPG world, come back, and then have to go again. It's, it's actually... Very meta about RPG games, about tabletop RPG games and the like. So it's really, really interesting. I really, really, uh, really, really like and appreciate that. Definitely recommend. 
I saw a crit critical role. They're back. Has come back. Yay. They have uh, they have created a safe uh, physically distanced uh, setup. Good on so them. that they they could do their thing. I didn't realize or I hadn't really thought about it. They were on episode 99 when they stopped. Where are they? They hmm. that literally 100 was the next episode and they stopped. Bammo. And so they they did their 100 episode. It's now 101, 102 <clears throat> thereabouts and it's fun to see them getting back getting back started again. It is a little weird watching them because you can sort of tell. They're not physically isolated in rooms. They're just physically separated in the recording area. Got it. So, but it's, um, it's nice having them back as yes. well, watching them get back in the swing of things. I'm catching up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Nice. There's a whole sixth season on Netflix that uh, I never watched. And so I'm watching that. It's interesting how they're playing around with things. Uh, so I'm enjoying that. I can't uh, wait to get to the the current season because they're really. I mean, they if they know that's the last season. They thought last season was going to be their the final season, season yeah. but this current season, which is going to be the final season, they're just having fun with it. Is that seven? Is is yes. season seven? Yeah, because yeah. they're up to six now. So right, and yeah, it's it's really interesting too. Uh, Jeff is probably going to bite his tongue to not say anything, mm-hmm. but uh, the stuff they're doing with Colson is freaking weird. So, the only thing there's one criticism of it I read in some form somewhere that I I have to agree with, and it's like I'm getting tired of the soap opera relationship shit. <laughs> Every time there's a fucking beeline about somebody loving somebody and not telling somebody, and somebody else doesn't know, and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> just go after bad guys and kick ass. <laughs> so, um, Old Guard. I oh, watched Old, watched Guard. Old Guard. Yes. yes. It's so good. It is. I was, dude, I am depressed that it's not a series. I'm so depressed. I would have loved for it to be a Netflix series. Yeah. It's a damn good movie. It's a nice premise. Charlize Theron is awesome everyone in it is actually pretty damn good i was really amazed yeah it's a very good movie i like the concept i mean they definitely left it open for a sequel i was gonna ask if you saw that from what i heard from what i heard it's it's so popular on netflix it's gotta have one it's gonna have one so i definitely recommend old guard so i finally watched dr sleep oh nice i finally watched dr sleep what did you think you know what (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I'll a jump. Pause. Yeah, I'll. Yeah, well, I, I want to know what I want to address first. I guess I'll go. Uh, I'll start off with um, the ending was weird mm-hmm. because it wasn't the type of ending that you you the climax right was yes, not it's about not a Hollywood ending right. It's not about the uh, the major antagonist and stuff like that. So it's sort of like, Herm. but I really love I love you and McGregor. Yeah. And uh, I love the rest of the cast supporting the girl playing Abra. That kid is amazing. She was wonderful, wonderful. I didn't even recognize Rebecca Ferguson, who played mm-hmm. Rosie the Hat, mm-hmm. from uh, the other things that she's done. I, I just, I liked all of that. I could sort of see where shortcuts were made because I get the distinct feeling that every one of the, uh, shall we call them special? people mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the have you seen a Todd? 
No, I just just read the book. Okay. I, I, I've been putting it off because my wife wants to see it. Okay. And that means I may never get to see it. Right. Okay. Because everyone... Well, it's on HBO right now. So everyone oh, yes. this might have a, have a movie night. You know, every one of the special people, it seems like they have... Their, their people have their own individual abilities. Right. And you get the, the the movie, you got you got their whole ring of special people, but you really only see one or two yeah. and what they do particularly. I have a feeling the book, you may uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Todd, is a little more illustrative of what every one of those people can do in that circle of the immortals. Since I haven't seen the movie, I can't say, but <clears throat> I, I will say that there is... Uh, quite a circle of characters and what can, they can do, yes. Yeah, and it, it it doesn't really go full and deep on that. It 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 still is an absolutely. I think it's wonderful. I think it. I love the idea of doing a sequel, but you take the original concept so utterly elsewhere, and uh, so this. <clears throat> this is really, really cool in that regard. I think the movie, for me, Jeff, the movie was a little weak in explaining why they had to go back to the Overlook. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. it, there's a part of me that's like, couldn't they have done that just anywhere? You know, what he did to finally do the thing with the stuff with the thing, you know? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, to figure out how to address that without being spoilery. But. I know, it's kind of hard to talk about. Wait, they, so, they, in the movie, do they actually go to the Overlook? They go yeah. to the Overlook. Doesn't happen in the book. Really? Yeah. Aha! Interesting. Well, there you fucking go, Jeffrey. Because I, I, I know that... There you fucking go. <laughs> I know that with the original production, I think I mentioned it in my my review. They they do try to stay as true to the book as possible with nods to Kubrick. Right. Oh, work. and they did. They nodded the hell out of Kubrick once, especially when they got to the Overlook. Uh, but that that totally makes sense, uh, Todd. Because didn't didn't King endorse this one? Oh yes. Yeah. He's like he was happy it's with not, it. It's not bad. Right. It is not bad. But there was an element of. Why are they here? Because you know, Ewan's character explains it. Right. Danny Torrance explains it, but at the same time, it's sort of like I don't really see why they absolutely have to be here. But anyway, I still, I still love the hell out of it. The uh, the actress they got to play Danny's mom and the, uh, the yes. actor they got to play Jack were very good very good very good lookalikes without being exactly yeah very nice so, i yeah, i was... did enjoy those now the other thing i wanted to say the reason for my long pause is because what abra's abra's dealing with i as a person who suffers from anxiety found very amazing and as a kid who suffered from anxiety i sympathized a lot with what she went through there is some horror gore to this movie so i can't speak to whether or not anybody who is a parent of a child with anxiety should immediately dive into but i definitely recommend you watching this movie and considering at some point letting your kid watch it because abra's agency and her her fierceness yeah she was fierce but she was a. It was. It was not like a. You know, some so much of the phony fierce that you just you roll your eyes at. She was. She was. It, she was such a tough, tough girl, that even though when she would wake from the nightmares and those experiences, 
I felt as a kid with anxiety, I could have really used. And it could have been really, really uh, helpful for me dealing with a lot of my night terrors and a lot of the things that, that I had problems with when I was a kid. And that's one of the things about the movie that I absolutely <clears throat> really did like. I mean, and, and it's not just Abra's character. When, when Danny yeah. walks into the bathroom with mm-hmm. the ba- bathtub ghost... Yeah. And just calmly shuts the door. That is an incredible moment for any kid who is fucking shitting his pants terrified of the dark hallway. Well, especially because you see like his progression where he's he's been self-medicating and running from his past right. throughout the majority of right. the film. And then finally realizes like for his sake and for mm-hmm. uh, for her, the, the, the girl's sake, he has to confront his fears. Sure. Sure, but even then, as a kid, even knowing when he you makes know. the when he has the boxes, yes, okay, that's what I'm talking about. Those are amazing moments, and you get that moment echoed later in the movie. Yeah, you know, just to go a little spoilery, when Abra does it. Yeah, and in terms of finding your own power and dealing with those fears, I think is great. And if you have a kid with night terrors, if you have a kid who does have those kinds of anxiety issues, watch this movie by yourself and judge at what age could you show them this movie because I'm telling you, maybe it is the 2020 hindsight of an adult dealing with this, but I I I actually wished as a kid at some point in my childhood I had had this movie. Because I think it was very powerful in that regard, and that that's the that's the big thing I really really liked about it. So I was really really uh, I really really did enjoy that. Yeah, I like that a lot. <clears throat> it's really kind of I don't know how much of that's touched in the book. Eventually, I'm going to get the book and read it. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to watch it to compare, <clears throat> but yeah. but Abra is very much a character of agency in that book too. Yes, yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. And then the last thing I saw. I had a, a brief encounter with Apple TV, and I watched Greyhound. Oh, yeah? Tell me about Greyhound. That is a good movie. It's a good-looking movie. It is just a World War II movie about a convoy going across the Atlantic and having to deal with U-boats. Convoy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, 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 I mean, it's a hugely, I don't know how much of it was model work, but you could definitely, there was a hell of a lot of CG going on and it's a good looking movie because it's it's almost uh, the entire thing pretty much 99 percent is on the ocean it's on the seas very stormy atlantic seas and then there's a bridge set a command and control center set that's 90 percent of your movie right there Hmm. it's a well executed movie i think i don't i'm not an uh experienced person in terms of naval welfare, warfare or welfare, yeah, or <laughs> welfare, but it it definitely it definitely seems like this was how they this is how they actually went after subs and how <clears throat> the command and control and the the interactions between the crews worked it was very very cool. It was a really good movie, and boy, did it look good. So you get a chance to score some Apple TV and yeah, watch Shane. I'll never see him. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll have to see if I can check that out because uh, I I saw Midway 
uh, this last week, the the one from late last year. Sure. And, oh. It you know, dude, dude. it wasn't terrible, but mm-hmm. it was just kind of meh. Right. Overall, it, it it didn't make me care about the characters. It didn't make me go, oh my god, what's going to happen to this character? It was just kind of right. there. And one of the neat things is that Hanks, Tom Hanks, wrote this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and already you know, with uh, Saving Private Ryan and the other things that he's produced, he is. He, he's concerned about fidelity to the experience yeah. of, of World War II. Well, he was that way with the uh, From the Earth to the Moon series exactly. on HBO. The, so exactly. He, he takes things he cares about very seriously. Right. And, and you see it in this one. And one of the cool things is he doesn't get caught up in... Well, let's 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 try to create a sub arc for this one character who's going to die later on, so we can feel it. He doesn't do that. In fact, I would almost say it's a nice study in how to introduce and bring character death into a story for purposes of the other characters reacting to it, and how to do it without going overboard and without getting too sentimental. Because yeah, it's it's no it's no you know Affleck Pearl Harbor <laughs> probably right. Midway it's nothing like that. This is okay. this is this is an, another type of uh, of a I mean it's not Saving Private Ryan level uh, a band band of brotherish. Okay, okay, I yeah. would go there. I would go there. It's and it's it's it is really really cool. I'm a big fan of uh, the Enemy Below, which is a uh, Robert Mitchum. Uh, Destroyer versus a sub movie. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, that one, it's funny because that one was made with the full cooperation of the Department of Defense, uh, yeah. Department of the Navy at the time. So it was, you know, bum, 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 da, 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 you know, and it, 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 it was still, it was still an exciting and well done movie. But you could also tell it was like the, the, they were there to make sure this we want. We want you to portray the Navy as we want you to portray. And this, it, it's, it's not like a dirty, grimy, oh, this is how the Navy really was. But it, it definitely was a more human look while, while respecting how they must have dealt with sub-chasing and escorting convoys. Hmm. So I definitely watch this movie if you get a chance look for it all right and and just Apple be plus people yeah and be impressed with the uh, hanks script because it was the sole credit wow screenplay by tom hanks period end of report so so yeah i finally managed to do some things this week so that was fun. and of course some D stuff too and you know sweet Wait, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> shut I, up i just Todd. had a question <laughs> Do you know if that was the sub movie that Balance of Terror, the season one Star Trek episode, was based on? Because there is a a like a forties movie. There, there, there are actually two. There's two. Okay, because I remember Silent Service was mentioned at one point, but I don't. Enemy know. Below. Uh huh. Enemy Below is Richard, uh, is Robert Mitchum, and um, then Kurt Jurgens is the the uh, the 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 U boat commander. Mm-hmm. There is a line in that movie. Where actually the U-boat commander turns to uh, Heine. Heine is his uh, his XO and his loyal secundo. You know, his, the guy who's been by his side the whole time. Heine. Heine. Hey, Heine. And he's like, oh, Heine. It's, he's like the devil. He takes the thoughts right out of my head. And that is, yeah. that is a line. You know, he's like a sorcerer. 
He takes over. That that is in Star Trek Balance of Terror. Because there were, yeah, there was going to say, I remember there, there's referenced several lines that right. Roddenberry lifted directly And a out lot of, of the tactics. Yeah. Jeff's kind of like my Heine. <laughs> <laughs> Always behind you. <laughs> and, 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 uh, um, uh, there, a lot of the tactics are very enemy below because the Enterprise is like the destroyer looking yeah. for the hidden sub. But run silent, run deep. Oh, okay, that's the one. Is I the remember. Burt Lancaster? That's right. That's uh, the one. I'm what's his of. name? Uh, Clark Gable one. Yeah, that one has the decoy measure of putting putting junk in the disposal tubes and throwing it out to make people think that you've been sunk. Because I have seen Run Silent, Run Deep. Right, and that is actually. Uh, also in Balance of Terror, so it's actually it references two sub movies. Okay. So and 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 they're both good. They're both good movies for their time. It's you know I don't want you to think Enemy Below is a propagandistic utter waste of time. It is still a very well done movie, uh, and I definitely would recommend him. But yeah, yeah, that okay. was one of the that's one of the things I've always loved about Balance of Terror. Because it, it kind of had the echoes of a sub chasing. Well, movie. yeah, that's yeah, that was apparently the inspiration. Like, like oh yeah, so uh, much of it. Harlan is Ellison right threw a fit because he ran into the writer some somewhere, and the writer of that script was like, "Yeah, I did something for Star Trek. I basically just ripped off Enemy Enemy Below." <laughs> and of course, Hel- Ellison, being Ellison, threw a fit and pitched and got upset and everything because rip off and copy and blah. But it's like, yeah, you know, that was. He didn't need to do that. That was silly. But anyway, well, Ellison is always well, always was <laughs> kind of a creature Crotchy. of his own. Yeah. Big week in the Minecraft server. Yeah. So, soon to be server, no longer realm. Big big changes. So uh, I'll, I'll give kind of the overarching thing in just a second. I did finally make some Minecraft videos this week. Yeah. Got oh. Back to that, and uh, the Torgocraft video was. Me, I just wanted to see what was out there. Didn't expect there to be a storyline to happen, but it kind of did happen. Right. Because I discovered Mad Martrin's store, which is selling the same things that I sell mm-hmm. and, and at a cheaper price. Yeah. Uh, buy so, one. <laughs> I love that in your video. It's like, buy one. <laughs> so then I went out to search it as to what was uh, what else was happening out there, and I happened to accidentally come across Mad Martrin's base for the first time. I didn't know where he lived. And in the base was Mad Martin himself, but he yeah. was away from the keyboard. So he was kind of put himself in kind of an automated thing to fish in his Yeah, it's his like home. kind of macro setup or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much, uh, which is how he fuels. Remember I told you how you can fish for magic books? That's what he does. He goes off ah. the keyboard and fishes automatically. That's why he's on that server 24-7 and no one can goddamn sleep. Uh, so, <laughs> so as a punishment for daring to sell books cheaper than me, I, I I encased him in stone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was hilarious, and that ended the. And so you. <laughs> <laughs> now I've also started the new video series on how to start on the realm from nothing, from scratch. If you're v- extremely new, this is how I start a new game of Minecraft. I wanted to start from absolute scratch, so I wanted to basically die so that I reappear at spawn. So I found Mad Martrin and gave him the honor of killing me at the beginning of that episode of the new series. I love how he repeatedly asked. He was like, are you sure? You are, are you giving me consent? He, he thought he was being punked. He thought I was setting him yeah. up for some shit. Which, to be fair, if, if you remember right... He I, like ate a ton of red 
stone or something and explode in his face. <laughs> to, to be fair, I, I did do an episode where I interviewed Barry and then replaced his voice with my own. Every time you kept telling me to say kill me, every time you kept saying kill me, I, the whole time I'm hearing freaking Schwarzenegger and Penna to come on, kill me, come on, do it. <laughs> this is, I'm just like laughing my ass off. Uh, the, but uh, these last two videos, uh, something new's happened with them, and that is I'm getting some video corruption. And, and I've lear- I, I wondered if that was my TV or the uh, no. YouTube or no, it's neither. It's uh, it's the video capturing that I'm doing, and I've I've learned that it only happens if I stay on the crafting screen of minecraft for an uh, extended period of time mm. which i kind of have to do when i'm teaching minecraft right or when i was reading the book the bible of varg which was on that same screen for a while <laughs> uh so when i go on that screen it, it seems to cause that i assume it's again a video card issue so it is something i need to solve uh but i, I am working on it for those who are watching the videos but the bigger news is that we are going away from the microsoft realms provided by Microsoft, which we've been playing on for a while, to an actual off-site server that we are hiring. Uh, for the multitude of the reasons, but the main reasons being, one, you can't curse on a Microsoft server. So if anytime you try to type any kind of curse word, whether in chat or on a sign, it puts up like number symbols. Oh, that must have been killing Vlar. Oh, oh, he can't stand it. <laughs> I'm sure that's the number one reason. Uh, and the, the number two reason, there's too many goddamn people. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and frankly, that is the, the reason on part two. The realm only caps out at 10 people that can be on at any given time. And we have way more people interested in the server oh than the cap. So this uh, new server that we're going to, it will have a 40-person cap. And there is a way for you PS4 people to play on that server which is a brand new thing uh it is kind of involved uh i tested it out with vlarg yesterday it involves running a program on your computer and allowing that computer program to run and then because it puts that as a kind of a lan on your wi-fi which can then be picked up by the ps4 so once you close that program on the computer the you can't see it on your ps4 anymore so that is the caveat that you have to run see i've learned caveat from jeff that is the caveat <laughs> that you have to do to to run it for ps4 but it can be done i have to start bringing a thesaurus with me uh so ps4 people and like myself i i i my ps4 can handle the, these graphics and twitch things so uh, if once this happens i will be able to occasionally stream minecraft stuff on twitch wow finally, uh, because of this change and there's also other things, too, because this is we're still keeping Bedrock Edition. So for all those that bought the Bedrock uh, Edition to play with us, that's still going to be in place. We're not be changing to the Java Edition or anything. But it does give us a little more control of what we can do with the Bedrock thing as well. By the time you hear this, Wilt, this will have already happened. But Barry's already posted it on Facebook and to the Discord server that we run for this Minecraft realm. Uh, the realm will be officially destroyed on Tuesday. Tomorrow. So after and, this is up. What, what, what and, does and, that And he entail? means literally destroyed. Yeah. Yes. Lard went into detail on how yes. he's so, going to so, destroy it. Like I said, this will have happened by the time you heard this. He was making a copy of the map and transferring it over the server. As for before he gets rid of the realm that we are on, after he's copied the map over, he is going to invite all the people that are currently on the realm to meet in Hobbiton. And he is going to create 
these uh, shulker boxes, uh, magic chests, uh, full of hardcore magic gear and wings and everything you could possibly want and, and, and bombs to throw and just completely kit you out and all the best things in Minecraft to battle with. And then he is going to spawn in Ghasts and Withers. Uh, Ghasts and Withers. Uh, Withers particularly are very, very dangerous. One of the most dangerous things you can fight in the entire game. And they explode all over the place and launch explosions at people and ghasts shoot these fireballs that can destroy things. So everything that... And there's going to be multiples of these creatures, so they are just going to wreak havoc on everything that we built on the realm and just destroy anybody that's playing and any of the buildings around them as it happens oh wow so it's just going to be uh it's going to be mind apocalypse is what it's going to be yeah it's, so it's he's like, literally mm. going to cry havoc and yeah like slip it's the like dogs post apocalypse but there's no post yeah but the, the post being yeah we're moving to a new unlike the real apocalypse that we're dealing with we can actually just hit reset (laughs) and all the things that we have built all the things that we've gotten uh, that will be waiting for us there on the new server when we get there so it'll be as if nothing had happened except that now more people can play and it's probably and we'll probably have better draw distances and it's just going to make a better experience for everybody now is since you're all kitted out with this godlike stuff is there can you like slip this in a chest and maybe maybe have it slide over to the other unfortunately no because he's going to save it prior to it <laughs> and then anything that he puts on the, that realm after he's moved over uh, will be new and destroyed oh well so they're not going to lose anything <laughs> right. with the shift okay that's right. that's where i was like kind of uncertain like he made it seem like he was saving everything but at the same time i was like how exactly is that going to work? <laughs> yeah, the only thing that we had to do to be sure was to take anything off of our own persons that we were carrying in the game, anything called an, in, in, in what's called an ender chest. Mm-hmm. It's a special magical chest that when you open it, the only things that are in there are things that you put in there. If someone else opens your ender chest, they only can see what they put in there. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, but when you're transferring it over, that has to be empty too. So and that's where everyone keeps their treasures. So it's very important to get things out of there. Yar. And that that sucked because I'm in the middle of doing the how to play Minecraft thing. Right. And so I am now in my new hidey hole getting started way far away from my base and ender chest <laughs> with nothing on. I've I've got I've got like a pair of boots. And and I had to run all the way back in the dark in the game, in the, in the danger. <laughs> back to back to my back to my base, which is like about a thousand blocks away. Yeah, but dude, if you're just in nothing but your boots, you gotta find Barry's bed oh, and just right. roll around in it for God, a while. You know what? I didn't think about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta squat on it a few that. times before yeah, he destroys everything. Just rub those sheets all over yourself and uh, <laughs> uh, I have completed a second episode, so that will be up soon. And uh, then I'll continue the how to play on the new server. As a side cool. note, that was a great one second moment. Where Kit's on the floor, you look down at him, and he looked up at you. Yeah. And then he moved. And I was like, oh, shit, that would have been an Kit awesome Kit and I have pick. moments all the time, man. <laughs> you and me, kid. You and me. Uh, I also saw the first episode of Killer Camp this oh, week. Oh, okay. That's the show that was yeah. ported over from England and now on the CW. A reality show about uh, a bunch of young 20-somethings coming there they think they're coming to this camp for this regular reality challenge show but it turns out actually is a game of werewolf <sighs> cool so it's 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 werewolf as a reality show 
and the, but the Hulk that that that's a werewolf <laughs> that could almost get my fucking interest. It's that it's worth could one. almost actually get my it's interest. Now this is already aired in England, so everyone in England that watched it already knows how it all works out. The basic conceit is all the people at the camp again the 20 somethings once they get there they're told uh there is a killer on the loose and the killer is being controlled by one of you you the person who's controlling already knows who they are so when they do challenges uh they earn so much money in a challenge but anything that they don't earn goes to the killer the person that's running the killer so the person that is in and amongst their group trying to sabotage them the and the rest of the group is trying to figure out who this saboteur is amongst everybody so it's a game of paranoia and if you've played the party game werewolf it's pretty much that and you can and you can win immunity and you can and at the end of every episode the killer well, the person controlling the killer decides who they are going to knock out of the competition and then the uh, that's that's the whole episode. So it's huh. it's Friday the Thirteenth, the reality show. That my God, there's a premise where I might actually watch a reality show. It works. It's fun. It's still a reality show. Yeah, I know. Through. But it's that conceit of watching because watching people play a game of werewolf is fun. You can watch people on YouTube playing werewolf, and yeah, it is entertaining. So to in to couch it in this crystal lake setting and then having people do, and then they're and their average run-of-the-mill camp style challenges run up the slick thing holding a watermelon full of juice and pour the juice at the top anything that you do spill can't get poured into the thing at the top and that shows how much money you make versus how much the person controlling did, the killer is going to make did he just do something <laughs> No, everything's fine. Right, he's everything's rubbing fine. his face all over the board, and I started hearing this. Boop, yeah, boop. Jeff, stop rubbing your face all over the board. <laughs> I can't help it. My beard itches. My beard itches. <laughs> no, not really. God, Kiss I Kit is in love with your soundboard, dude. So he was doing that last week, yeah, like yeah. after we finished. He, he loves but. that corner. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, so it's on the CW. If uh, if you're interested, and it just started this last week, so it's so. Uh, the new one will be out on Thursday, I guess. Wow. That's, that's cool. That's, that, that shit, that sounds like fun. Killer I don't Camp. know what to say. Killer Camp's fun. That does. That, that's, that sounds kind of crazy. The only reality show I like are competition reality shows. And sure, this this has a little bit of the uh, Big Brother-esque-ness about it, about uh, trying to create animosity between the group and so on. And mm-hmm. uh, who's going to get it on? But... It's a lot less of that compared to most other ones and a lot more about, all right, which one of us is the saboteur oh, sure. and who, which of us is going to die next. Well, I know that that's the major attraction for you, of course. No, the, I mean, as far as the focus of what they are focusing on. Oh, no, but, you know, I mean, you you love betrayal. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's just, I love werewolf. You, you couldn't establish. Est- oh, wow. Werewolf is fantastic. I'm, I'm sorry. I just noticed the hummingbird, actually. Hummingbirds rock. Hummingbirds at yeah, the Yeah, he's Atlanta. out there like. At least once every week when we record. Like oh, I'll, yeah. I'll occasionally catch him. He hits that lantana a couple times a week. It's really cool. I think that may be part of why uh, Kit is... Uh, Go get him, Kit! And it's a, look all the hair. And it's funny. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I like for the longest time didn't know we had hummingbirds here in in Nevada. I always I know. thought like it'd be too hot because I always see them in cooler climates, like you know, in Colorado right. or 
Yeah, and you wonder how much of that is, well, actually, no, we do have hummingbirds here. And how yeah. much of that is, well, we have hummingbirds now right. because we got the artificial green and, and all of the irrigation that makes Vegas a little more green and right. moist than it would ordinarily be. We, we have changed our ecosystem out here. Yeah, we have. We just haven't changed the climate that, that B-D-B-D-B. ecosystem is. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well, yeah, I don't want to get depressed. So, yeah. um, <laughs> that sounds cool, though, Todd. That really does. It, I, it's, a, it's a fun show. And this, uh, as of last night, uh, last couple of weeks, I enrolled in Purdue University's uh, contact tracer certification program, and I got certified last night. So nice. I, oh, hey. I am now certified to be a contact tracer for COVID-19. Oh. I always knew you were certified. I'm but a dude, now, am I? Yeah. Now, how... I mean, can you expand this to like be a PI in general? Can we? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you contact tracer, right? That's, I mean, right? Master Torgo, private dick. Yeah, <laughs> nothing private about it. Just, just dick. <laughs> you know what? I saw I stumbled across a thing on YouTube. It was really funny. Have gun will travel. Mm-hmm. It's a western, old western with uh, Richard Boone. Right, as a as a gun for hire, who'd get hired to sure. solve? Have gun will travel. He's I a of a I did not know yeah. the original original premise. It was actually they wanted the 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 creators wanted to make a PI show. Oh, hmm. And the the guy was literally going. He would the the character would literally buy newspapers from a variety of city, cities. Check the uh, the classifieds and mail his card. The have gun will travel two people who are having problems ah. and then as a pi he would go and deal with it and networks being networks were like well we'd like a western and so they 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 redid the whole thing to be a western but the whole idea behind paladin the works all of that the the the, the knight's chess piece as wow. the symbol all of that was originally supposed to be a PI show. Wow, I didn't know that. I thought that was really bizarre and interesting. Yeah. And so and, typically Hollywood. Well, and Have Gun with Travels, the loose basis for that, um, the Bounty Hunter series that uh, the character that uh, Leo DiCaprio plays in uh, yes. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even yeah. though they do reference Have Gun Will Travel in the, in the I, movie. So that, that, both, just both, both exist that movie, in that particular that movie universe. That is so meta- it, it's meta. It's so layered, it's too. It's me- meta. It's metaness. It's just, it's crazy. It's I, I watched it again the other night, and I was just like movie. amazed at all the things that I missed the first time through. I'm trying to introduce it to Vernon. I don't know if I'll succeed. You're not going to succeed. It's Vernon. Well, yeah. he makes noises about Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, but yes. then he'll go but on YouTube we, and then make some, let someone make a decision <laughs> for him. We talked about ha- Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when he was visiting yep. last, and he's like, why didn't anybody ask me to go? It sounds like I'd be mm-hmm. interested in it. And I'm, so I'm like, we can watch. And, it's, you know, it's because Steve invited Kirsten and I. That's, well, that's it, why. It, it, <laughs> he, I, and I think it'd be really fascinating for him because it's... It's very meta. It's very seventies uh, L.A. too, but and they are really good with making sure they get that particular period captured properly. It it you know I mean I wasn't in L.A. in those days. Right, I was alive, but you know as opposed to dead inside like I am now. Well, but, but I mean I mean um, like a lot of the stories that you hear about Hollywood well, from yeah, that, that but, era, but the feel yeah, yeah, yeah. of the era yep. is very. Authentic. And it's even right even Tarantino's choice of using the the camera as a lens on that world follows a lot of the seventies 
movie yes. process. Yes, and um, style and, 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 rather. And I mean, style if someone is going to emulate the seventies, yes, it's Tarantino. So and also uh, uh, Pitt, DiCaprio, the whole bunch. Yeah, and Margot Robbie. Oh, Margot! Everyone in that they're, movie they're plays their part amazingly. They're well. extraordinary. So anyway, yeah. We did get a little physical mail this week. Physical, physical mail. Physical mail. It says the petite penguin on the card. Uh-huh. It says, enjoy some delicious cookies, Jess and Jeff Harris. <gasps> Jessica cookies. Yes, they are, gentlemen. Oh and a little something special. Holy crap. Hey. A little something special hey. there, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Look. I see Pez. A metric shit ton of Pez. Cola Pez. Nice. Cola oh Pez God. is the best. Thank you so much, Jeff. Oh and and boy. Jessica, I'm looking at these cookies. They're most the the most adorable cookies. Oh, little on penguin! The little oh, another type of penguin with hearts for eyes. Oh, look at this! <laughs> oh, there's three of them. Jess makes the most amazing cookies. There are three of them. Well, there's three of us. Okay. All right then. Well, this is yours. That's mine. Uh, Andy, Matt, you don't get one. Not That's this right. time. There you go, Jeff. Make your choice. Uh, I don't know if I want the penguin or the penguin. Yeah, really. <laughs> the, the, this one has hearts for eyes. This one's a little kawaii. I, I, I'm sensing some... Uh, He's got a little candy, uh, yeah, excuse and, me, ice yeah. cream cone. Jeff Jeff loves the kawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Yatta! Kawaii! <laughs> uh, while they're picking up their cookies, I am going to read a little mail. Mail. All right, here we go. This one is from Aussie Matt. I will spare you the Australian accent. Good day, fuckers. Oh, let me read it. I want to read it in an Australian accent. You want to? <laughs> you feeling saucy? Sure, why not? All right. Don't do it. Don't do it. We're going to cause well, an international let's, incident. Let, let, let's let our Australian listeners see how well I do. Yes, let's. Oh, God. Yeah, make sure to weigh in on the layer, folks. <laughs> Good day, fuckers. Aussie Matt here again. I felt compelled to write you after hearing your unreasonable assertion that Tron is not a great movie. My 16-year-old self would like to take you outside and kick the crap out of you for even thinking such a thing. Tron is one of the greatest movies of all time. (laughs) Uh, Keep going, Jeff. Keep going. You're doing good. Can you name one other movie set in virtual reality that is better, apart from The Matrix or The 13th Floor? Or existence? Okay, ignore them. Name one other good movie set inside a computer game system, apart from Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, or Wreck-It Ralph, or Ready Player One. Okay, okay, I see your point. But you're still wrong. Finally, can I do a call out to those brave heroes from the Geek Shock team who are sorely missed? Please let Mike believe Matt... And fact check Andy, no, we missed them, and look forward to their fat, return on the show. Fat chick Andy. Yeah. Fat chick Andy, yes. Uh, okay, I did read that right. <laughs> <laughs> and to all of you, including Mr. Taco, 8-inch Jeff, and come on, okay, please stay safe and healthy, and keep bringing the lulls to our tender ears. Aussie Matt. Pretty good, Jeff. That's pretty darn good. Not bad. Not bad at all. But not great. <laughs> Aussie Matt, hashtag Team Torgo. I, I, I can see my uh, <laughs> my dialect uh, needs some work. That's glorious, glorious. Um, and thank you, Ozzy Matt, for writing. And 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 yes, uh, we. I, I love Tron with every bit of my heart and soul. I do too. It's a broken movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, what? But I love it. I still love it. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird, like, I, I love it, but there are times that it just makes me groan while I watch it. And I'm just like, oh. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, even when you look at the computer technology of that day, yes. you're like, uh. <laughs> what? Yes, yes, yes. No, 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 uh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I still remember when I gave Paulette a bit in uh, one of our games. She was so pissed because it's like, what? I all it all it does is answer questions, yes or no. Yeah. Well, can you set up a defense per- perimeter? No. Can you can you uh, scout ahead and let us know what's uh, what's out there? No. And she just fucking hated. <laughs> She oh. hated bit. It's a bit. One and a zero. <laughs> exactly. Yes or no. And she just, and it was so funny because everyone else is, because every single question she asked me, I'd give her a yes or a no. So it was like supposed to be an encyclopedia to the world. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop. I'm going to have to put you on the Graham grid, Flynn. <laughs> I love the Graham grid. The Graham grid. <laughs> Thank you, Ozzy Matt. Yes, uh, there is much love for Tron here. Don't get me wrong. And aesthetically, I love Tron so much. And and, and for yeah. people who, especially new computers at the time, it was just a bunch of in-joke computer stuff on how everything worked. Because yeah. let's face it, when it came out, nobody knew how computers worked, except for those deep in the goods. I know. I had no idea what a logic probe was. Sure. And I, I don't think Legacy was that bad. I know a lot of people were disappointed with it but i thought it was at least as good as the original and they're apparently still working on a tron another tron movie yeah. and and side note jeff and jessica just before he got up right now because of course i'm about to mention this kit was loving just lying in the cookie wrapping uh, pa- wrapping <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course as soon as i said it he got up and walked away he started getting into all the the tissue paper yep, yep. rolling around in it yep he yep. was happy and we have one more piece of mail. Uh, this one's from Asshole Gabe from Boston, so I'll use my best Boston accent. And- that asshole again? <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, let's let's get up the Bostonese. Here we go. What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> hey, I know you guys all bought and shit and read books without pictures, so I got recommends. I love my audiobooks, and I'm listening to the Red Queen series by Victoria Aviard. I'm fucking loving it. Also, you might like Across the Nightingale Floor. I read that as a kid. It's about ninja. Ninjas is not a word. Fun story. I think the men babies will hate them because they all have strong female protagonists. That's my jam. That's a good vote. But I hope someone checks them out. Fuck your couch. Asshole Gabe from Boston. <laughs> Thank you, Asshole Gabe, for, for writing once again. Good suggestions. Didn't he also put like a big list on the lair of things that the man babies would hate? May have. I, I'm I not thought sure I remembered saying. reading that today, but... We need to uh, we need to re-highlight that if that's possible. Oh, sure. Uh, you know what? I have man baby questions from back before the, the whole COVID thing started. Yeah. But I was kind of waiting for Matt to return to... To no. get the whole thing going. Wow. Not going to happen. Really? Yeah. So, like, when we're old <laughs> and dying? Well, old man babies are the worst. Yeah, so. really. <laughs> what? 
And again, thank you so much, Jessica and Jeff, for for the yes. the package of the Colapez and the awesome, awesome cookies. Cookie. Thank you so much. All right, gentlemen, let's get some news you don't give a shit about. Hey, it's back. I don't know. That well, kinda, it's, it's no Andy, but it sounded you know. like a very reluctant, sloppy blowjob. <laughs> It's like, all right, if this is the only way I'm going to get home tonight. <laughs> How would you know what that sounds like, Kay? Oh, 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 okay. So apparently I'm the only man in the universe who knows what a sloppy, reluctant blowjob is like. Every other guy, they reluctant, were all... yes, sloppy, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. News you don't give a shit about. The price of access to Xbox Live is now $100 a year from this point forward. Holy cow. As Microsoft has delisted the option to purchase a Live Gold subscription on a yearly basis. Unfortunately, this was not a mistake on Microsoft's part and appears to be part of a push to move gamers to its Game Pass Ultimate series service. Excuse me. Uh, the option to buy an Xbox Live yearly subscription was removed from all of Microsoft's digital storefronts, leaving only the monthly and three-month subscription options. However, just a couple of days ago, it was announced that Game Pass Ultimate members would be receiving access to the brand new Project xCloud service beginning in September. Uh, responding to an inquiry from True Achievements, a spokesman for Microsoft said, quote, Xbox has decided to remove the 12 months Xbox Live Gold SKU from the Microsoft online store. Customers can still sign up for one month or three months of Xbox Live Gold subscription online through the Microsoft store, unquote. Unfortunately, they did not provide a reason for the change. Uh, since its launch in 2017, Xbox Game Pass has been providing members with a same-day access to new releases, as well as the 100 games on its download library for a fee of $10 without a gold subscription. Currently, the Game Pass Ultimate subscription, with a gold subscription included, is $14.99 a month. At this time, there's no option to purchase more than a monthly subscription directly from Microsoft, but you can get the three-month membership from GameStop for $45, which is the same price as the monthly option. Uh, for that $15 a month, you're going to have same-day access to the new releases. Basically, it forces you to get the Xbox Game Pass, as it seems like gold is no longer really a thing. Boo. Big time. Uh, I, I think I'm just going to outright cancel it. I, I, I think this is... I, I've been kind of moving away from xbox for a while now right and i've kept my subscription yearly just so i can keep the games right, that i've yeah. had on there and in case i ever want to go on that it's all there and ready to go but i don't, I don't see a reason to keep this I, i'm <clears throat> i actually only use it for the apps now and well hell i'll just get all the apps on my new phone yeah and that that actually really seriously irritates me. Yes, it, well, it should, especially somebody that's been a like a day one Xbox Live member. Yeah, for forever. God damn, that really pisses me off. I mean, it always kind of sucked that they're charging a fee to be able to play online as it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at least with that fee, you got like the two games a month that yeah. were yours for as long as you were part of the service. So I kind of said, okay, you know what? That's kind of cool with it. I can deal with it, especially being $60 a year. What right. And then cost. at the time, too, you know, the kind of backbone that you would need 
to play those types of games online, it was almost necessary to have a subscription sure. service. But nowadays, there's just no excuse. Yeah. I got an email from them not long ago wanting me to convert my gold subscription to the Game Pass. Something like, it's like, do this and you'll get like a, another year free or whatever. I may take advantage of that and just do it so that I can save the $100 for my next renewal. But otherwise, yeah, I think I'm, that's makes me want to cancel it. Yeah, I've, that's, I've pretty there's much, just no excuse for yeah, that. And, and this pretty much makes up my mind as to what console I'm going to get when the new consoles come out. Because with everything going on, it's already going to be a stretch whether I'll be able to buy a new console. Uh, right. Given the state of affairs. Sure. But if I did buy one, I'd, have, I'd probably only have enough money for one, and at this point, PlayStation 5. Well, and... Unless, unless who knows, it's still a couple months away, PlayStation might pull some shit. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, what scares me is this sets a dangerous precedent that we've seen... Sony does something, Microsoft follows suit, or so Microsoft does something, Sony follows suit. So now that Microsoft is making this play, I could easily see Sony following suit and doing something similar but on very the, soon. But on the other side, I can also see Sony say, look at right. some of the backlash from this and go, that because that's what Sony did last time on the right. last cons- when the consoles were coming out. Xbox was pushing this. We're not going to have any discs. It's all going to be download digital only and so right. on. And when they saw the backlash against that, Sony said, oh, no, we got discs. We got discs. We good. We're keeping discs. So I- I'm hoping there's enough backlash against this that Sony's like, you know what? Why did you just come on over and buy a PS5 and not spend so much goddamn money uh, for a monthly subscription? If you want to play online games. What is ironic about all yeah. this, though, is that Microsoft ended up kind of being right about the whole movement from discs to digital download. Sure, because but I still disc like... Disc sales are, th- are through the floor right now. Sure, physical but I... Copies, especially right now. I still buy them physical, right, but... As do I, as does Paul, and right. the reason being, <laughs> because we want to have physical games, because I, if anybody that's played PT knows... Yeah. That digital shit can be pulled away from you in an instant, and that's part of your agreement and buying it digitally. That you don't own it, you're leasing it. But if you get the disc, you can goddamn play it. So I, that's why I still like to have physical copies, because shit goes away. So, and yes, <sighs> you're right. More people are buying digitally. And yes, I've bought more things digitally, because especially yeah. when they go on super cheap sure. sale, I'm going to buy it digitally. That's fine. I mean, I've I've bought a few games digitally as well, but for the most part, it scares me how easily... Well, I mean, I guess technically they can do that with the discs, too. They can... Because both consoles require at least a, a modicum of internet connectivity. Sure. For... Um, oh, what's the, what do they call it? The license verification. There's certificate verification. So... You know, at some point you're going to pop that disc in, and if they want to, they could physically eliminate your console's ability to play that disc. So they can, but I guess technically, they, they, but technically, but they have not done that no, yet. They now they have stopped supporting yes. online, yes, for older games, and that's understandable as they don't want to keep servers running if nobody's playing, like seven people are playing on right. it. And they have pulled digital copies of games other than just PT, sure. Uh, but as far as like, but I can still, if I wanted to, for some reason, play 2K Basketball 2009, put that <laughs> disc in and still play it, I just won't be able to go online with it. Right. But I could still play the game if I owned it. 
Right. So it's yeah. That, I think this is a, a horrible piece uh, of news. That actually that kind of concerns me. Other, other more than just what I've already stated, but I just now I'm like, are they going to start doing that across all the other consoles? Something to watch. Yeah, definitely something to watch. News you don't give a shit about. <sighs> this sentence: The U.S. Army is being told to stop tricking viewers on Twitch. What? (laughs) The U.S. Army has their own streaming channel on the Twitch platform, and we're supposedly running giveaway contests for physical prizes. The problem, however, was that the whole thing was a scam. What? The giveaways were described as offering viewers as an opportunity to win an Xbox Elite Series 2 controller valued about $200. Viewers began to call foul play after clicking on the links given for the giveaways, all of which just sent direct viewers directly to the U.S. Army recruitment page. There was no mention of any contest or giveaway on that page, and the scam did not last long. The U.S. Army maintains a multi-billion dollar marketing arm responsible for recruiting new members, and they spend heavily on streamers and so-called mom influencers to attract new recruits. Uh, Twitch has made it clear that such practices are not allowed. Wow, so the Boo. Army has gone full Trump. <laughs> Jesus and Christ. Just, holy mackerel. Uh, wow. That's so gross. That is. That is. <laughs> Bait what and the hell? I mean, I've always that's seen, like the ultimate bait and switch, right? I mean, they've always had that army first-person shooter that was developed, yeah. by the army to entice people to say, army "Hey, of two. hey, isn't army?" No, no, it was it was army no, of two uh, was its own thing. No, yeah, I know what you're. Uh, shoot, what was the name of that game? I just it's remember the there. wrong name. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. out there. Yeah, it, it's it's army first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, God, I can't think of the name. But yeah. its whole thing is it was basically a little propaganda to say, hey, isn't war fun? Why don't you join us and do it for real? And so and so that they've always kind of done that. But to put out a thing like, click this link to enter this contest, and it just goes to the recruitment pages. A solid dick move. Hardcore <laughs> dick move. Torgo, the game player, can appreciate it somewhat. <laughs> Torgo, yeah. That's a boy, is that a Torgo move? <laughs> You okay there, Jeff? You're, yes. You're scrutinizing. No, nothing. I was there's there like a piece of tape on it. That was, oh, oh, okay. Piece of tape. Piece of tape. Piece of tape. Piece of tape. All right. Ooh, I, I'm having tape. my sex bot te- uh, uh, pez. Uh, sex bot. My wife got to this. If you weren't aware, this was uh, Jeff's birthday this last week and Kay's birthday the week prior. Uh, and my wife got them each a set of uh, pez dispensers. Yeah. And. Uh, Got KSX bot Pez dispenser. Yeah, at least that's what he says it is. Well, it's the the bot that Lando loved. Sex bot. Sex bot. Sure. Sure. Okay. Fine. She led a rebellion. She, you know, believed in robot rights. She had a personality. Blah. Became blah, part blah. of. Became part of the Millennium Falcon. <coughs> sure. Whatever. Blah blah blah. Sex bot. <laughs> Weekend geek. Woo. <laughs> A comedy script from the early 90s is seeing the light of day with a star-studded table read set at, quote, the world's largest floating hotel. The script for The Looming Disaster is a parody of 1974's The Towering Inferno and similar disaster films of the age that contained ensemble casts. 
According to Bob Odenkirk on Twitter, the script was penned by David Cross and Rob Cohen shortly after their tenure as writers on the short-lived Ben Stiller show. David Cross, Odenkirk, Michael Sarah, Don Cheadle, John Ennis, Will Forte, Regina Hall, David uh, Cohen. As Conan. Stop! I'm done. I'm 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 on board. Just what you've named so oh, far. I'm not done. Oh. Jack McBrayer, Michael McKeon, Sarah Silverman, Ben Stiller, Kristen Wiig, and Henry Winkler are all taking part in the Zoom event, which is set for Saturday, July 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can buy your a ticket at HouseSeats.com. I believe it's like $12 to watch it. Hmm. And all proceeds will benefit the Equal Justice Initiative and Direct Relief. Well, I'm in. Yeah, but Forte what? You, you're you, gonna you, have a, you said they will Forte. You're going to do a Will Forte joke, are you? Forte you're, what? You're going to halt all this for Will Forte joke. What? It... it, it. <laughs> It what? Stop it. Stop all of it. It. Stop. It. No. Go. Go. <laughs> he didn't make a David Cross joke when you got there. He had yeah. to wait for Forte. Right. I wasn't going to cross you or anything. That's uh, that's I'm awesome. Just, I, I'm you know, I, I love those old disaster movies. They, those Towering Inferno, Earthquake. Spectacles. I know. And like you're just waiting for like, okay, which star is going to bite it next? Yeah. You know, it's like who gets carried away in a freaking flood. Right, yeah. right. God, George Kennedy so- was a mm-hmm. badass mm-hmm. in... Um, in uh, uh, earthquake, earthquake and was the, amazing, and, and the the airport movies. Yeah. He was like <laughs> George Kennedy was a badass. He's just a badass. Yeah, but um, all, yeah, t- all those airport movies are just- towering inferno was just. I mean, you know what? I don't. I don't know for sure. Earthquake. I th- I think many people hold Earthquake up. There's Poseidon Adventure too. Yes, Poseidon Didn't Adventure, Poseidon Adventure kind of usher it in. Mm. What, what, if nothing else, that song did. Yeah, just got to be. Towering Inferno is the one that everybody after. cites, but I, I'd have to go back. Well, for which my, one was my first? Notes. Because I think because we studied and, and everybody talks earthquake. I think yeah. earthquake might have been the last of the of the at the peak of the genre. <laughs> well, but Towering Inferno is yeah. the one. I mean, that one that was star studded. Paul Newman, you know, people. O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Fred Astaire. So Fred Astaire tied to a pillar while getting a gushing torrent of water blown all over him. So I'd pay for that. Yeah, really. The the airport movies always used to crack me up. I love those. With my dad as a pilot, you know, you're like. Oh, sure. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's so funny. That would never happen. The the worst offender, though, had to be. Concord Airport 79 because that one is just it's so over the top I think and it's 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 so ridiculously unbelievable that you're like every character in this is playing it as straight as they can but at some point they even have to think there's no way in hell this would happen right I think that was maybe that was maybe beyond the nadir of uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the airport movies. Airport 7. It was the last one of the airport series yeah. they did, was and it? George Kennedy is in it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, he was like the one who showed up in most of them. Not yeah. all of them. Well, I don't think he was in the original airport. Was he or was yes, he? Yes. Uh, he was? He's the only one to appear across all the airport movies. I loved him. With, in, I think it was 75. That's the one with Charlton Heston. Mm-hmm. The uh, the the mid-flight transfer yep. and all that. Karen Black. Yep. I think that's my favorite. 
of the movies. That one was that one was I thought that one was a damn good movie. Seventy seven is where the seven forty seven crashes on the ocean and then right, sinks. they hit the water and it sinks yep. and yeah. That was probably the nadir. Oh well. But anyway, yeah. So if you're a fan Jer- of that, <laughs> the looming disaster. Jimmy Stewart is in seventy seven. Right, yeah. Golly. <laughs> Fuck you and your fucking airplane going into the ocean. <laughs> Where's Steve when you need him? Uh, this week we lost someone that kind of hurt um, yeah. Grant Imahara God that yeah the fact that we were just we finished wrapping up the show and got home and that's when we got yeah. the news I literally I I got home and I was watching TV and I got a you know weird news notification on my phone because most of the time I have like all my notifications set up to just not pop up on my phone but it popped up and I was just like I was I was stunned, and I, it wasn't minutes later when Torgo texted me and he's like, "We just lost Grand Irma, Imahara," and I'm like, "I literally had just finished reading that," and I was, yeah, it it hit it hit hard, it hit hard. It was it was it was it was disturbing and sudden. Yeah, I got the news because it popped up on Facebook where our uh, Star Trek uh, the experience is Bonnie Gordon. Yeah, uh, who is uh, making a bit of a career in L.A. with voiceover work and stuff, and right. geek, geek identifiable stuff. The she, library bards, yes, yes, of the library bards, and she, she apparently knew Grant, and her post was so heartfelt that it like it like was just, just doubly awful news. Oh. I, I just. I'll, I'll let you finish what you've written, and then I'll yeah, well, fuck embellish. It's, <laughs> never mind him. Member of Mythbusters team and renowned roboticist responsible for feats of film engineering like the modern versions of the Star Wars droid R2-D2s, died at the age of 49 from a brain aneurysm. From Lucasfilm's Industrial Light and Magic Visual Effects Company, where Imahara helped create some of the defining visuals of the late 90s and early aughts on films like Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, and The Matrix sequels, Imahara also competed on the beloved robot co- uh, combat show BattleBots. This varied engineering and cinematic experience led to his hiring on Mythbusters, where he replaced welder Scotty Chapman as permanent host. Imahara was an essential member of the Discovery Show's build team alongside Katie Byron and Tori uh, Tori Bellici. Carrie Byron. That's what I said. Uh, Creating robots and other complex machines for the various myth-busting experiments put together by hosts Adam Savage and Jamie Heineman. When this cast began wrapping up their time on the show, he joined them on Netflix White Rabbit Project, which was a similarly themed streaming series. Uh, some of Imahara's other works include helping build the Energizer Bunny, uh, Jeff Peterson, that's the robotic sidekick for the Late Late Show's Craig Ferguson, and as an actor playing the role of Sulu in Star Trek Continues. Yeah, um, I, I know a couple people that were involved with Star Trek Continues, and they were just absolutely devastated by... Um, it makes loss. no sense. Yeah. 49... I mean, granted, 40s, but 49 brain you know, aneurysm? Where aneurysm? the fuck does that come from? They, those can come from anywhere at Anything. any time. I mean, oh my God. When I, when I got my hypertension diagnosis, they said, you know, you could literally, they call it the silent killer because you could be walking around and just, you could have an aneurysm and it could kill you on the spot. Well, so, yeah, I mean, it's... Jeff, you're a tightly wound spring. Let, <laughs> let, let's let's, but, let's uh, face it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I, I never got the opportunity to meet him. Um, I saw him at the Star Trek convention a few times because he's a big Star Trek fan and was out there. I'd have loved to have met him. I'm, I mean, you know, there's that selfish yeah. part of you, which is like, oh, fuck, I'm never going to get to sit down with this guy now. And I mean, just I'm a, I'm a big fan of anybody that promotes the scientific method and mm-hmm. math, science, and reasoning in the world and that was something that they did so well on Mythbusters but Grant had a unique ability to I'm not going to say dumb it down but explain to the lay person what they were going to do and do it in a way that made the audience excited for how the experiment was going to go yeah just there were many times I saw him at the convention and I'm like I would really just love to go over and say I want to Thank you for all the work that you did on that show. And I just, I never could bring myself to do it. Everyone that I know that knows him said, you should have just done it. And I didn't find that out until after. So people like him and him specifically are always going to be my heroes, you know, because if there's anything we need in this world right now, it's a little more reason and math and science. Yeah. And that's the truth. Also, actor Galen Gorg has died uh, during Mantis, if you remember that show. It was on one season on Fox from 1994 to 95. Yep. Gorg played Lieutenant Leora Maxwell in the Sam Raimi-produced series about a paralyzed scientist who finds himself a powerful exoskeleton and ends up not only walking but fighting crime. Gorg also appeared in RoboCop 2, playing Angie, the love interest of Tom Noonan's villain Kane and a member of the Nuke Cult. And in yep. Twin Peaks, she played Nancy O'Reilly, one of the women at One-Eyed Jack's attempting to extort Ben Horn by kidnapping his daughter, Audrey. She also appeared in many other TV shows, including Xena Warrior Princess, Star Trek Voyager, Stargate SG-1, and Lost. Yeah, she's, she's one of those, I don't want to call her a character actor, because she had some pretty meaty roles in the things she's appeared in. But Character she's roles def- are meaty roles. But she's definitely one of those, you, you see your face, like you can say her name and not who know who it is, but as soon as you see your face, you're like, oh, I know who that is. She was in blah, 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 blah. Um, I remember her from Stargate. I remember her from Mantis. I really enjoyed Mantis back in the day. I, I thought it was a little almost too far ahead of its time. If it had been launched, you know, 10 years later, even yeah. I think it would have been Carl Lumley. It wasn't him, was it? I don't know who was the uh, Mantis dude. Uh, yes, he's same guy that did the voice for um, Martian Manhunter in uh, Justice League Unlimited. L- Lumby uh, is it? Is it, it him? I can't think of it. how do you say. I, I'm just bringing that up because he was in Doctor Sleep. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. He is okay. I'm right. There you are. Good, yeah. good job being right, gay. Hey, I'm, you know, it happens. The Living Dead, an unfinished zombie story conceived by the late George A. Romero, will hit stores on August 4th. The novel, started by Romero more than 10 years ago, has been finished with the full cooperation of the Romero estate by New York Times bestselling author Daniel Krauss. Krauss also co-wrote the Trollhunters book with director Guillermo del Toro, which was adapted into the Netflix animated series, as well as the uh, novelization of Del Toro's Academy Award-winning The Shape of Water. Krauss is also a... 
Yes. Lilu? Kraus is a lifelong Romero historian and zombie flick aficionado, and the Romero estate recruited him to complete the horror icon's sprawling manuscript that he abandoned before his death. Lifelong? That's what fucked you up? Yes. <laughs> lifelong? Yes. The, the word the yeah. messes him up after at, at 1.40. I, I guess so. Yeah, at, we're at one thirty, guys. My brain has broken. <laughs> The 600 fave. <laughs> 600 fave. Uh, it's it's because I'm trying to read too fast. That's what it is. It's just me just trying to go too fast. The, the that was trying to say the 650 page. The 600. 600 phage. Phage? Yeah. Uh, the phage just got us, Kay. Oh, where's my lung? My lungs are missing. <laughs> the 650-page book set in modern times chronicles the first seeds of an undead pandemic and the global crisis of its apocalyptic aftermath. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm too close to home. Dude, yeah. <laughs> The story begins with two medical examiners who discover themselves battling a deceased man who won't stay dead. The narrative then picks up years later after the calamity spreads worldwide as we visit disparate segments of America, from Midwestern Trailer Park to an infected naval aircraft carrier, an abandoned cable TV news station, and a federal records facility where a woman with autism documents the plague's horrors for posterity. Ooh, aircraft carrier. So it's, That's it's, cool. The, the book is kind of rebooting and encapsulating all of Romero's zombie story from beginning to end. Kind of just putting a, a huge dome over the whole thing. Huge. Huge. So it p- takes place over a series of decades. The Dome. I haven't read that book. It's a good book. Have, yeah? Yeah, great book. Yeah. Don't watch the series. Read the book. Yeah. What? Don't watch the series. Yeah. A few days ago, the comic book industry got some good news in the form of a new analysis from Comicron and ICV2. Those are people that hold the statistics for sales of comic books. I see. Uh, Comics and graphic novels hit a record $1.2 billion in sales in North America in 2019. What? That number marks an 11% increase from the last year, 2008, and also marks the first time ever that sales of print comics topped $1 billion. As the analysis notes, that digital sales only accounted for about $90 million of that. Uh, the biggest driver of these numbers, graphic novels, which continue to grow as a market, particularly along long young readers as more and more publishers churn out more material to serve kids. Thanks to both physical and online bookstores and in-school book fairs, book channels accounted for fifth, uh, $570 million of the total revenue. Graphic novels across various sales channels pulled in $765 million compared to $355 million for floppy comics and, of course, the dragging behind the $90 million for digital comics. Floppy comics? Floppy cops. Yeah. Floppy copy. <clears throat> floppy copy. Okay. Uh, you, you don't like that, Kay? I, I don't know what it is. Comic book. It, it's on floppy disk? Floppers. No, it's the, the, the print comic. They call it floppy He's copy. playing dumb. He knows what he's talking about, <laughs> Jeff. What? We're not talking about your floppy copies. <laughs> We're talking about... <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, see, see what you invite with your wow. pretend ignorance. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This you, is all my fault. You dare feign ignorance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, it's funny because 
I do hear more and pe- more and more people buying digital, but it doesn't seem like yeah. it's making the impact that, that they thought it really would. I mean, I'm, I'm taught- more physical than digital. Well, yeah, and yeah, you go I mean, to libraries just- and shit. Well, that's good too. I, uh-huh. I am torn because I do like like having a floppy the, gets torn. I do like having the physical copies when the cover comes of the off. comics. But sometimes Are we talking about comics or your floppy, Kay. Well, <laughs> does he have to choose? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say if they're getting torn, he'd want to. <laughs> Man, sorry, but, Jeff. We rudely interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, a man who needs no apology, <laughs> 80s Jeff. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's so weird. Like I, I still love to buy the physical copies, go to the store and buy them. And sometimes just for convenience sake, I would rather just buy the digital. And then there's an occasion where I've, I've come across this a few times. The print copies will be completely sold out on something I want to read. And the only available way to to read it is to buy a digital copy um and then usually buy it on my my kindle so i mean you know it's not the exact same experience but you know the contrast is pretty good on that kindle you get a good color representation of you know what you would have had with the physical copy so i don't know it's hard to say sometimes it's just more convenient sometimes you just want that nostalgia of reading the physical print yeah definitely i mean same thing with books too Nah, i like i prefer my books digital that's just hands down just wow it's just much more convenient to carry my library around with me (laughs) be able to read it anywhere in the dark in the light i don't have to find extra lights and shit if it's dark you guys live alone Lighting in the bedroom is an issue when you're married. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Give me that look. He didn't say. Oh, gentlemen, I guess it's some time for some red light, green light. Ah. Red light, green light. Such a fun game to play. Doesn't matter what you say. They're going to make this shit anyway. All right, gentlemen, we have our Did you go through that whole thing already? They're pez. It's not like, you know, they 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 last they last forever. They're not gobstoppers here. All right. <laughs> you, you went through what? One pack of pez, Kay? One. <laughs> one sleeve. <laughs> one sleeve and he's like, <laughs> "What the hell?" <laughs> He he's got he's got two two packs of like thirty colas in front of him, <laughs> unopened. Yeah, yeah, because you haven't had your cookie yet. Oh, there's no <laughs> argument against that. I guess that's uh... no. I had my mouth full of soda. And I was drinking my drink when you said that. That's a key, folks. Yeah. Argue with Jeff when he's drinking. Yeah, or anybody when they're drinking. Frankly, it's more fun that way. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I got pitches on the desk. We got to figure out if we're going to red light or green light these. Are we going to put a hard-earned corporate money behind this bullshit? All right. Gentlemen, first we have red light, green light. NBC has ordered a pilot for La Brea. 
a, a new genre bending series that follows a family. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't like when it in. Anytime it starts with genre bending, it's not a good sign. Nor is it a good sign when you say family, when you meant family. family? Oh. It's, it's not a good sign. Well, it is on NBC. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's between me and the president, whether we can get through a cognitive test or not. I understand they're very hard at the end. NBC has ordered a pilot for La Brea. That's that genre-bending series that follows a family separated after a sinkhole opens up near their Los Angeles home. Michael Raymond James, who did Once Upon a Time, is set to star in the apocalyptic drama as Gavin Wolcott, a dad stranded with his daughter on one side of a rift that the sinkhole opens to an unexplainable primeval world with mother and son stuck at the other end. At the far edge of the new reality, quote, a desperate group of strangers accompanies one half of the family as they work to survive and uncover the mystery of where they are and if there's a way back home. Written by David Applebaum, who did The Enemy Within, who also serves as executive producer. La Brea, red light, green light. Has a little Land of the Lost vibe to it. There's a bit of Pellucidar there, yeah. Marshall, I'm, Will, and Holly. I'm willing to give it a little a little leeway because of that. Because I was like, sinkhole? That's that's how far we've sunk? <laughs> Apparently. <clears throat> what was Man. We're getting these kinds of pitches now. Wasn't there a, a, a TV show not that long ago? Like, not that long ago. Probably like five or six years ago. That was, there was a, it was the, the future and things were bad and they sent people back in time. They ended up having to build a little prehistoric hut. Place or whatever. I don't know that. That doesn't sound familiar to you. No, it sounds familiar. I'm not. What's the connection? I'm saying it's. it's, That's what this reminds me of versus Land of the Lost. But I see where you're getting the Land of the Lost thing. What I'm saying is, we've dealt with primeval stuff in the past, whether it was with puppets or with CGI in the last few years. Does Uh, Does this do anything for you? Not really. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Maybe. I, I maybe. Kinda, I, Let's get out that maybe money and I, see how that yeah. I kind of want to red light it. <laughs> it just doesn't seem... Do, do we have maybe money? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> COVID-19 knocked out the whole maybe fun. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it just doesn't sound all that interesting. Green light. It's... I don't know. I, I, I've not sold on the overwrought. I... A big crevasse opens up. The family's on one side and this family's on the other. Let's get them back. How do they get back? No, I that no, that, that doesn't do much for me at all. Uh, yeah, I got a red light with you, Def. Wow. All right, maybe the next one will be better. That's right. Red light, green light. Okay. Quibi is developing player versus player with Trevor Noah. It pits the Daily Show host up against various gaming guests from esports professionals and Twitch streamers to celebrity guests on different games over a variety of consoles. Noah will banter with his competitor over the course of the gaming session. This will see Noah making moves off of Comedy Central onto the short-form streaming service, though his Comedy Central show isn't going anywhere as the network is looking to expand the Daily Show into an hour-long show now. Ooh. Uh, no wow. timeline's been announced for player versus player with Trevor Noah. Red light, green light. Green light only because of Trevor Noah. 
That's all I really care. So. Yeah, I was ready to to red light it till you said Trevor Noah was involved. So green, I guess. So I guess if it was like red light, if it was like a Playa versus Playa starring James Woods, it wouldn't be so interesting. No. Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> No, no, no. Player versus player with Gary Busey. <laughs> oh, that's definitely interesting. That We're opening up the coffers for that one. That's yes, exactly. <laughs> Never mind the maybe money. Whatever Busey costs, we're buying it. Yeah. <laughs> Tap into the slush fund, guys. <laughs> he is the slush fund. Oh. All, all $742 of it. <laughs> all going to Busey. <laughs> so, yes. So a green light for you, green light yeah. for you. Yeah. Player versus player with Joe Schmo. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times it really does, and those types of shows matter who is hosting and whether it's going to be entertaining or not. Sure. I, I kind of get a, a comedians and cars kind of vibe from this yeah. as far as its description goes. Right. Uh, which is entertaining. And let's face it, this ain't going to cost much. No. Not at to all. make so it's so that's very little money to green light this all 740 bucks oh yeah we got it we got all that so we're going to green light it just because it's so goddamn cheap and trevor noah is funny step yeah, one gamers step two trevor noah step three <laughs> profit <laughs> <laughs> so but you have to watch it on quibi which means it's only going to last about 15 right. minutes long oh, anyway yeah, that's true so it's a in, short, in, short in both ways. It is so funny. Like I see commercials for for like a, a new show coming up, and like the trailer looks intriguing, and then it goes coming soon to Queeby, and then I'm like, Ugh. it's like you lose all interest. It's like it's like a Debbie Downer from SNL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming soon to Queeby. Because there was this thing with with uh, with John Travolta and Kevin Hart that was advertised the other day called Die Hart, and it's essentially like I guess uh, Travolta plays like some kind of a stunt coordinator that's trying to get Kevin Hart ready for an action movie, and it looked funny. And then at the very end, they said it was only on Quibi. I was like, oh come on, that actually looked. <laughs> That looked entertaining. <laughs> looked entertaining, rather, and I'm like, and it's gonna be on Quibi. All right, oh, the, so the, the it's, 80s Jeff PR firm, Quibi. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> just, just, you know. Quibi, hey, want to watch Blankety Blank? Okay, where do I go to? Quibi. Oh come on! <laughs> just, Quibi. I'm waiting for my check. <laughs> Wait to the next couple. Oh god. Oh come on. That is pretty good. <laughs> Your account is in arrears. <laughs> All right, let's see how this next one fares. Red light, green light, gentlemen. Okay. Doc Savage, the pulp hero who existed before Marvel Comics and inspired characters like Indiana Jones, is coming to TV. Sony Pictures Television, original film, and Condé Nast Entertainment. That's, that's the travel for Richie's, isn't it? Condé Nast. I was going to say, yeah. what the? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Travel for Richies are developing a Doc Savage series delving into the long-running hero's adventures featuring dinosaurs, traps, dungeons, treasures, and an old-school takes on international relations. Uh, moving from pulp novels to comics, Savage was a classic for many fans of the medium and leading to film adaptation like 1975's Doc Savage, Man of Bronze, and attempted adaptations like Shane Black's written version that would have starred Dwayne Johnson. Now that things are moving forward with a series, Doc Savage could make a mark since it's coming from the same company that previously got The Boys and Preacher from page to screen. So, 
classic pulp strongman Doc Savage. Well, I like Red the, light, green light. I like the Condé Nast it's angle. Good, it's, it's, you know, Doc Savage goes to Ibiza. <laughs> you know? Doc Savage on the French Riviera. <laughs> yeah, that's so bad. Day. Doc Savage in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember getting this free subscription to Condé Nast. And I was like, oh, it's a travel magazine. I'll, yeah, I'll read that. Where do I want to go? And uh, I, I couldn't wait for it to end. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you for sending me places I'll never be able to afford to go. Let me yeah. read all about how the caviar is on this place <laughs> that costs $10,000 tonight. <laughs> Fuck you. Doc Savage goes to the Iranian Caspian Sea to <laughs> save caviar. <laughs> Oh my God! Wait wow. a minute. Now who did? I, I'm sorry. I kind of Condi Nast really. It kind of just just held yeah, you. I kind of kind of. Uh, do we have a Doc Savage? Uh, no, we don't oh. have. It's not cast. Not cast. It's still it's still in development. Uh, I, uh, but, I was but, never that interested in the comic books, so I'm like trying to wrap my head around them making a I'll series still, out of it. But I'll, original film. These are people that brought us the TV show Preacher. Right, 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 right. right. And the boys. Yeah, no, I'll 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 sign on. I mean, is it even still relevant? That's a good question. Because I don't remember the last time anybody's even talked about reading that comic, let alone seeing any, you know. I, I, now, there is some comics that have come out since. I remember getting some Doc Savage comics from the library that came out, I think, in like the late 90s, early aughts. Yeah. Okay. And it was actually a series of pulp books. It wasn't a I'm, comic original. I'm going to be a red light on this. It just, what? I, I, I'm not sure that that character is... Relevant or could be brought in, but the Jeff, we can bring day. in the Richie market. <laughs> the, Rick, I, the Richies don't read comics. <laughs> I think when I'm reading this, and I'm reading this, I, I want it to be Indiana Jones, the TV show, but it isn't. It's Doc Savage, and Doc Savage is different than Indiana Jones. When I think of Doc Savage, I think of ripped shirt, uber muscle blonde guy wrestling a tiger. Well, yeah. he's a he's an ubermensch essentially. Yeah. Um, it. Is it going to be period? Is it going to be modern? It's a good question. On that. It has to be period. I, I can't. If, if it's put it okay, you know what? If it's period, uh, I'll give it to Green. Mm -hmm. If it's modern, fuck Condé Nast. I don't want that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you yourself said it. It'll never end. <laughs> I got that magazine for years. I didn't have to buy really? it again. <laughs> it just kept sending it to me. <laughs> Jesus. Meanwhile, some rich guy named. Named Tom Brist Owl. He's like, where's my fucking Condé Nast? I keep si re-signing and I never get an issue. I don't know where to spend that $2,000 bonus I just got to this hour. Yeah. $2,000? That'll get you half a night in one of yeah, these right. places. I farted and I got a check. Where do I spend it? I meant to say $200,000. All right, now we're talking Condé Nast money. All right. <laughs> and it's really funny, too. This is why I don't They need the a magazine. <laughs> what the I thought the whole point was was they have their own whisper network and I don't I don't think people read it I think they just display it I think if oh, they just put it on the table yeah. and it arrives okay. the new one comes you throw out the old one because oh, you I don't want to look like so you're you not a, on the so you basically fucked yourself when you read it yeah <laughs> it's it's a status symbol it's what yeah. you put on the coffee yeah. table in your yacht right it's like it's like having sex with your trophy wife why do or, that or just your trophies. you're just asking for trouble just fuck your trophies people <laughs> All right, one more. We got a red light, green light here. Beavis and Butthead. 
will make their return in a rebooted series on Comedy Central from original creator Mike Judge. Comedy Central struck a deal with Judge for two seasons of a reimagined Beavis and Butthead series with plans for spin-offs and specials. Judge will write, produce, and reprise the voice roles of both characters. At the height of its popularity, the adult-oriented cartoon was hailed as biting satire of youth culture in America. Quote, it seemed like the time was right to get stupid again, Judge said in a statement. The first iteration of the show ran on MTV for 200 episodes across seven seasons between 93 and 97. In 96, it received a feature-length, feature-length, that's what I said, movie adaptation from Paramount Pictures, Beavis and Butthead Do America, and was revived for one more season in 2011. Judge also is known for directing films like Office Space, Idiocracy, and Extract. He also... Co-created King of the Hill on Fox, The Good Family on ABC, and Silicon Valley on HBO. Gentlemen, are we ready to fund some more Beavis and Butthead? I think we need good Samly content. <laughs> Fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one of my fagets. <laughs> if we ever needed their kind of social commentary, it's now. So I'm a green light. <laughs> Green light from Jeff. I, I, I assume that was a green from yeah, you. Ken. I'm green. Uh, red. What the fuck? Straight on goddamn the red. The Samley comment, that's why? Yeah. You didn't like the Eleven reboot, right? Because I remember we watched it and you didn't I, seem to. It, it, put it this way. I forgot it happened. Oh, yeah? Yeah, until I, I read this. I was like, oh, yeah, that there was that and it was, it was okay. Uh, I, I think the answer to it for me is when I got the... Be, uh, Beavis and Butthead DVD sets. And it's the cartoons without the videos. Right. And that's when I realized that Beavis and Butthead shine when they have videos to break up the storyline. So you didn't like the movie either? Uh, the, the movie's all right. Uh, I, I, it, never, it was more fun for seeing celebrities interacting with Beavis and Butthead more than anything. Uh, I barely remember the story of the movie. I remember more the video for Roller Coaster of Love than anything. <laughs> but Love Roller Coaster. I like child. Beavis and Butthead. I like the original stuff. Uh, but I think I like it because it's so familiar. They were really just small tales that broke up Beavis and Butthead making fun of videos and then went back and told the story and that was done. It was done in five minutes. And, and that that's more of a nostalgia thing more than it is a, hey, I really like that. I think when they do the video stuff, I think it's on point. I think it's amazing, and they can't do it because of licensing. If you take that away, I don't think I'm in for more Beavis and Butthead. But it's greenlit anyway. We got the money, right? That's right. That, 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 if you find us some uh, Gary Busey, though. There you go. I'm just I'm wondering, is Judge going to just try to reprise the characters as they were, or is he going to try to bring them into a more modern setting because i mean i think silicon valley was brilliant yes fantastic. and and set in the current day and all the little jokes that are in there that are sometimes like people who actually work in silicon valley are like god damn it how did he know that you know how does he know that shit goes on uh i think it's gonna be modern day i think it's gonna be the same characters in modern day situations and they're the same thing that little metalheads and and, and, and dumb little idiots that are, are right. fun to watch mess up. Yep. But 
I don't know. I, I think it'll wear thin after a while without the videos to tie everything yeah. together. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Because I believe that was the issue I had when the, with the reboot. Is like, yeah. They're telling more Beavis and Butthead stories, but I miss their comment, dumb commentary on videos. What do you think? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And until next week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Damn! Oh, you forgot Sam already? Huh? No, I was, I was, <laughs> um, um, Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. Uh, <laughs> Rumspringer. Rumspringer K. <laughs> Rumspringer K. I, I, I think Samly K was better. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Thank you again, Jeff and Jessica, for the cookies mm. and the Pez. And it was Tasty. fantastically awesome. Yes, the, the Samly friendly K. <laughs> He's, he just, he's, he just wants he's to keep not, that alive. Yeah, he's not letting it go. Yeah, he wants some. <laughs> <laughs>